1977, I was living in Indiana and working in the Christian music industry. On May 25th of that year, the very first Star Wars was released. I'm not sure I remember the first time I saw it, but what I remember very clearly is that I was obsessed. And if I'm honest, I might still be. But I think in that first year, I saw it like five times in theaters. Because, of course, you couldn't even rent videotapes back then. But I would look for it on the most enormous screens with the most extensive PA systems that I could find. And I would sit close to the front so that it felt like I was totally immersed in the experience. The film didn't fit very well with my theology. I believed that God was a personal being, not an impersonal force, and I certainly didn't believe that God had a dark side. But I still loved the phrase, may the force be with you. It just seemed like a pretty cool blessing to share with people. Maybe I should just like start ending my podcast with may the force be with you instead of shalom. Well, maybe not. But anyway, welcome to Deeply Spiritual but Rather Uncertain. If you followed my podcast from the beginning, you know that I have this theory that what we believe about God dramatically impacts the way that we live our lives. And so I've done a number of podcasts around this idea of what or who we understand God to be. And if you went back and listened to them like chronologically, you would probably see how my understanding of God has changed or maybe evolved over the past few years. I think I like the word evolved because it implies that the new thing is growing out of the old. The old is not necessarily discarded, but it's evolving, it's getting better, it's moving forward. Maybe that's what the Apostle Paul was getting at when he spoke about being transformed by the renewing, by the evolving of your mind. I've been thinking a lot lately about the metaphors that we use to help us understand who or what God is. And I've said this before, but it's well worth repeating. The only way we can begin to understand God is through metaphor. So when the authors of the Bible speak about God, it's incredibly helpful to see it as a metaphor. If if God is ultimately mystery, which I believe is true, then we really can't say with certainty who or what God is. We can say that in our experience, God is kind of like a potter who molds us like clay on a wheel. Or we can say that in our experience, God is like a fortress. Or we might say that God is like a shepherd. All of these metaphors that we read in the Bible are the expression of someone's experience of God. 
For some reason, we seem to have locked into some metaphors and made them literal. So in other words, we take someone's experience of God and we decide that that is literal. That is who God actually is. So take the idea, for example, of God as Father. It's a beautiful metaphor, unless, of course, you had an abusive father. Then it might not work as well. But many of us have experienced God as a good father, which is wonderful. But then it seems to me that some have taken the metaphor and made it literal. God is father, not God is like a father. And then take it to its logical conclusion, we have decided then that God must be male. Other pictures of God we are happy to see as metaphors, like any female images of God, or God being a rock or some inanimate object. But there are certain pictures of God that we have moved from metaphor to literal. Over all the years of my deconstruction, there's a question that always seems to plague me. It's the question and that I've been asked by others as well, but more importantly, it's a question that I have asked myself. Am I just creating God in my own image? Am I just creating a God that suits my personal biases? But the truth is, I think, that that's exactly what we're doing when we take metaphorical statements about God and make them literal. So all that just to say this. Today, I want to talk about something I've always believed, but have questioned, I guess, in recent days. It's because it's one of those metaphors of God that I had moved into the literal category. I've always believed, and I've taught, that God is a personal God, not an impersonal force, but a personal being. And in order for God to be personal, God must be person, or God must be a being. In the great old hymn, Holy, 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 we sing, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. So God is not just personal, but God is person. God is a being. And just as a side note, if God is a person, then God must have a gender because all persons have gender. Therefore, God must be male, and we must always use the pronouns he and him. Rather than seeing a personal God as a metaphor, I've seen it, along with most of us, I imagine, as a literal understanding of who God is. I'm going to come back to this idea of God as person in a minute. But let me say this first. I think that one of the gifts of evangelicalism, at least for me, 
is seeing God as personal. The idea that God isn't distant, that God knows me intimately and loves me deeply, that I can have a relationship with the very creator of the universe. And I have certainly experienced God in that way many times. There have been times that I have walked through the valley of the shadow of death, that I have experienced God walking alongside me in a very personal way. I've always loved the verse in Psalms, Psalms 56, 8. It says, you yourself have kept track of my misery. You have put my tears in your bottle. Of course, we all understand this is metaphorical, but it's such a beautiful picture of a God who we have experienced as personal. But of course, there have been other times when I've walked through the valley and I felt all alone. Like there was no light at the end of the tunnel and there was very little hope. And yet, when I look back now, I can see that I wasn't alone. It's like God was a person and walking right alongside me. It's like I have a friendship, like I have a relationship with a person that is such a beautiful metaphor and so helpful that I never want to lose it. But I must understand it's a metaphor. It's not literal. It's how I have experienced God. A kind of new metaphor for me that has been really important in recent days is God not only as person or personal, but God as presence. While the idea of God being person can be incredibly helpful, if we make it literal, it's suddenly very limiting. Even if we attach big theological words to it, like omnipresent or omniscient or immutable, for me, it still limits God and takes out any idea of mystery. There's this wonderful passage in Ephesians chapter 4 that says, God is above all and through all and in all. It has helped me a lot to think of God more as presence than person. A presence that exists in all things. A presence that is love and grace and peace. A presence that permeates all, not just humanity, but all. Last spring, Sheila and I hooked up our RV to our truck and headed to West Texas and New Mexico. We hiked in some of the most beautiful areas we had ever seen. It was spring and there were beautiful blooming cactus everywhere we went. We hiked on mountains and through valleys. We waded waist deep through rivers, soaked in a natural hot tub along the Rio Grande River and even ventured into Mexico for a few hours. 
We spent one evening at the McDonald Observatory where you find some of the darkest night sky in the USA. We learned about the universe and about constellations that can be seen with the naked eye. We looked through giant powerful telescopes and saw planets and stars that were like millions of light years away. Another day we hiked deep into the earth through the Carlsbad Caverns, but everywhere we looked in everything we experienced, it was like we saw God. We saw God in the majesty of the skies and the stars. We saw God in the formations hundreds of feet underground. And we saw God in the eyes of little children in Mexico selling us their trinkets. God wasn't just present. It was like God was presence itself in all and through all. There's a passage in Acts that's attributed to the Apostle Paul, chapter 17. It says, For in God we live and move and have our being. Paul says that we live within God, that we move about within God, that our very being is within God. Marcus Borg uses the analogy that we are in God as fish are in water. The fish move within the water, they live within the water, and they have their being in the water. The water is not separate from the fish, and yet the water is much more than the fish. God being presence is more than what we speak about in theology as omnipresence. Omnipresence says that God is a separate being, but is everywhere at the same time. Go back to the fish in the water analogy. Omnipresence says that God is present while the fish swims in the water, presence says that God is the water. In God we live and move and have our very being. One of the reasons that this idea of presence has been so helpful for me in these days is because if God is presence, then everything becomes sacred. The simplest or most mundane tasks throughout the day become sacred. I don't have to do anything to make them sacred. They just are by the very fact that God is above all and in all and through all. By the fact that in God we live and move and have our being. It's all in God. It's all holy. It's all sacred. Now, you might be thinking that that sounds a little bit pantheistic. At least it certainly is what I would have thought a few years ago. I can assure you I haven't become a pantheist, but I do lean on the side of panentheism. A pantheist looks at a tree and says, there is God. A panentheist looks at a tree and says, God is in the tree and the tree is in God. And there's a big difference. To understand God as being in all, as the author of Ephesians says, is to begin to glimpse 
the mystery of God. I'm sure some of you have had the experience of being in nature and feeling like you were surrounded by the very presence of God. It surely has been my experience. Whether I'm hiking in the Drakensberg Mountains or on Table Mountain in South Africa or on the Swiss Alps or the Rocky Mountains, guess what? God is in all of it, every time, above all, in all, and through all. I used to feel quite uncomfortable when people would use language referring to God as the divine or maybe just spirit. But nowadays I'm pretty comfortable with whatever language we use. In fact, I kind of like this idea of calling God the divine presence. But understand that whatever language we use, it's all a metaphor trying to describe this mystery that created the world, this mystery that created us in its image, this mystery that seems very personal presence in my life. So here's what I'm trying to say. I'm not throwing out all that I've ever believed about God and embracing a new theology. Rather, I'm realizing that I've taken some metaphors of God and tried to make them literal, which radically limits my understanding and my experience of God. I'm trying to worry less about defining God and spend more time experiencing God, and then let my experience of this divine presence define how I understand God and the metaphors that match my experience. I had this thought while I was writing this podcast. I don't know if you journal or not. I do on most days. Not for the sake of journaling, but for the sake of reflection. Reflection is an incredibly helpful spiritual practice for many. Certainly it is for me. I always look back for things that I should have been grateful for, things that I might have missed in the moment. I always try to define how I'm feeling on any given day. In fact, I write in my journal every time I write, how are you feeling today, Grandpa? And then I try to sit with my feelings and just figure that out. Sometimes I'm excited. Sometimes I'm anxious. Sometimes I'm just blah. It's not that I'm trying to change how I feel. I'm just trying to observe it and see maybe why I feel this way. But while I was writing this podcast, I thought of another great question I might start asking myself when I journal. How did you experience God yesterday? It may be that God was like a friend, or maybe God was a fortress, or maybe that God was distant. There's no right or wrong here. There's not better or best. There is just what is true in that moment of time. So how have you experienced God today? I want to leave you with one more passage of Scripture, but before I do, let me thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast.
I'm always humbled when I see how many people are listening from all over the world. I'd love to connect with you if you would like. My email address is below, or you can reach out to me on social media. This podcast is always free. It always will be free. Um, there's no pressure at all to give money, but if you would like to help financially, you can do that, and it would be helpful. Um, you can do that on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Skip Collins. Okay, so let me leave you with this passage from Psalms 139. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. Have a great week. Shalom.